Welcome to Igniting Your Faith. Today, Pastor Fisher reminds us to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, who is the only true answer and love for all of us. We encourage you to thoughtfully and prayerfully let God's love make an impact in your life. Now here is Dr. Chris Fisher with today's message of powerful truth from God's Word. Good to see everybody today. It's a beautiful day here, All Saints Day. This is also the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church. And our communion offering this morning will be dedicated to the Voice of the Martyrs, which works on behalf of persecuted Christians around the world. We'll have a video about uh, the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church next week, but there's just too much in this service to fit that in. So stay tuned. Uh, let's bow in prayer as we get into word today and talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit. So good to see everybody here. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for your presence with us this morning. Your Holy Spirit is here, moving in our midst. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And the Holy Spirit, where you are, you bring joy. And truth, we ask you to open up our minds to the word of God today. Our hearts, that we might grasp more of who you are and get more of you into our lives, Lord. Anoint our uh, hear, our ears, Lord. And may the words of my mouth be inspired by you, the thoughts of our hearts by you. You're our rock and redeemer, Lord Jesus. Pray in your name, amen. amen. So the, the, the word today is about the Holy Spirit. Uh, you, you know that we've been running the Alpha Course uh, and seeking to share Christ with uh, folks outside the church in, in new ways. And yesterday we had an all-day retreat where we went down to the, uh, where was it? Paoli, Good Samaritan Church. And it was a very lovely day focused on the Holy Spirit. And so for those of you who went along on that and uh, you know what God did in your lives, and hopefully you'll get a chance to share that with congregation and testimony later. Um, you, this may, some of this may be a repeat. So just FYI. Um, but some, I, I'm praying, is just inspired by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that God would give the Holy Spirit as a gift to those who asked him. Famous passage in, in the book of Luke where he says that uh, you'll probably recognize the, the uh, context. That you fathers, though you are evil, if your son asks for a fish, does he give him a, 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 a loaf of bread? Does he give him a stone or a snake? If he asks for um, something else, does he give him a scorpion? And so he says, if you fathers who, who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So sorry for butchering the first part. But the second part is accurate, all right? And the gist, the meaning of the first part is, is kind of there too. So the point is, God the Father wants to give the gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. He wants to do that. And he's made a way to do that through Jesus himself. And the Holy Spirit is just an incredible gift of God. He makes the love of God known in our lives. And that is so rich, has so many dimensions that it would take forever to describe them all. We'll try to take the next 15 minutes to describe some of them. Don't count me. <laughs> 
You know that when Jesus was, uh, he started his public ministry, he began it by going to John to be baptized, which is kind of a strange thing. And some of his followers, uh, John himself said, why do you need to be baptized? I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus said, never mind, this is fitting to fulfill all righteousness. And he's the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Every sacrificial lamb had to be washed. So there's a reason Jesus had to be baptized. But as soon as he was baptized, came out of the water, the Holy Spirit came on him. And John saw it in visible form as a dove lighting on Jesus. And immediately a voice came from heaven and said, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. And I'm well pleased with him. And then the Spirit of God now filling Jesus Remember, Jesus is the Son of God, the divine Son of God from eternity, but he doesn't go into his ministry just in his own strength. He goes in the power of the Spirit that goes out from his Father. The Spirit drives him into the wilderness where he's praying and fasting for 40 days. And what happens there is a message for another time, but I want you to notice that it's filled with the Spirit. He begins to do all this, and he goes and begins his public ministry filled with the Spirit. He ministered in the power of the Spirit, and he promised, moreover, that his followers would be given the same Holy Spirit to help them be his disciples and witness for him and to give them good gifts from the Father. The gift of the Holy Spirit is, of course, the biggest gift, but when the Holy Spirit comes, he brings other gifts from God the Father Almighty to our lives. And the Holy Spirit was there at the beginning of creation. Genesis 1-2 says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And then you know what happens next? God starts to speak and things come into order and being and he creates all kinds of amazing things. So the spirit of God there, the word of God there, the word of God is Jesus. The spirit of God is the spirit that goes out from God through whom God creates his creative power. The word for spirit there in Hebrew is ruach, which also means breath and wind. On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit came, the Holy Spirit sounding like a violent wind from heaven, and it filled the whole house where the disciples were gathered. But the Holy Spirit is more than breath or wind. Jesus says in John 15, 26, when the advocate comes, it's another name for the Holy Spirit, whom I'll send from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you've been with me from the beginning. He will testify about me. Did you hear that? The Holy Spirit is a person, not an impersonal force or power that you can get and manipulate and twirl around and use for your own advantage. It's a he, it's not a it. The Spirit, yeah, I butchered the pronouns there, but you got the point. This, uh, he testifies about Jesus. Jesus said, everyone who's on the side of truth listens to me. Now, Pilate's answer to that famous phrase was, well, what is truth? But the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us to get what the truth is. I can remember as a young man when I was walking, uh, I was not walking with Jesus. I was dabbling in, 
and other religions and then just downright agnosticism. Um, but I remember going through an, uh, a, a public transportation terminal one time and there was a, a girl there who was um, in a, a Eastern mystic robe giving out flyers. She, they don't do this so much anymore, but who remembers those days? when you would go to some place, an airport, and there'd be somebody handing out tracts for the latest Eastern New Age spirituality. And uh, she gave me a book, and as I walked away with that book, there was something in me that said, this is not good. And I wasn't even walking with Jesus at the time, but something in me said, this is not good. And I turned around and went back to her, and I said, I, I can't take this. I, if I know that if there's a way, it's got to be Jesus. Now, did I come up with that on my own? The Holy Spirit was working on me to help me know the truth, even in that moment of temptation, to go off and be deceived again by something else. The Holy Spirit does that. He's the Spirit of truth. And you can hear His voice, even if you're not a Christian, working on you to draw you to the truth, to make you hungry for the truth. He activates God's creative power in the world, including the creation of a new being in us. You know that the words of the gospel are called seeds, right? Jesus uses the parable of the sower to talk about sowing the seed of the gospel. So the word of God comes into our lives and we hear it and those seeds don't always germinate right away. They take time to grow, but those are seeds of truth. And the Holy Spirit is the one who helps us hear them and receive them and stir in us things like, oh, I am a sinner. Or, oh, yeah, maybe I won't get to heaven on my own power. Or, oh, I'm not that good after all. I shouldn't be so proud. Or, oh, Jesus loves me. Or, oh, there's a way to overcome my fears. Or, oh, there's more to life than this. Right? These are all like seeds of the gospel that the Holy Spirit plants in us or somebody else plants in us, maybe a friend or a family member or we hear a message somewhere or we tune in the radio and hear it and those little seeds accumulate and they begin, God uses them to work in us to draw us to him by the spirit of truth so the spirit helps us receive the truths of jesus and that's so important because the, the we have an enemy of our souls who's been thrown down into the world the devil who's a liar a thief and a murderer and there are plenty of lies and delusions on offer to deceive the human race and so the spirit of truth helps us know the truth from the lies especially in spiritual matters the Holy Spirit was promised to Jesus, and he did his ministry in the power of the Spirit. Isaiah 5, uh, 11, the first couple of verses prophesied about Messiah. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. You see, Jesus did everything in his life and ministry through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's where he got his irresistible wisdom and his understanding, so that when he spoke, none of the teachers or religious leaders could refute him. 
It's where he got the power to perform miracles. And finally, the Holy Spirit is what resurrected him. Joel prophesied in in chapter 2, 28 and 29, that the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh in the last days. And remember on the day of Pentecost, before that, Jesus had said to his followers, don't leave Jerusalem. Wait until you receive the gift that my father promised. Because in a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. It's going to come upon you, and then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So it wasn't just a promise for that first handful of first-generation Christians. It was a promise for all generations of Christians to the ends of the earth. All of us are supposed to be who put our faith in Jesus, who want to put our faith in Jesus. God intends to give us the Holy Spirit so we have the same presence of God's power in our lives that helped Jesus do his ministry. The promise to receive the Holy Spirit is for all believers in Jesus. Peter says at the end of his first message on the day of Pentecost, when he was filled with the Holy Spirit himself, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And he had just finished explaining how Jesus, as the suffering servant, had fulfilled the Old Testament promises to pay for sin. And even though the the people of Israel had colluded to kill him, God had used that the sacrifice of that innocent man, his own son, to pay for all sin, including those who killed him. Which, by the way, all of our sins nailed him to the cross. So we can't just say, oh, the Jewish people, it's their fault. You know, people have uh, defaulted to that sometimes through history. Jesus came because all of us needed a redeemer. All our sins took him there, but he hung there so we could all be forgiven. And Peter's proclaiming that to these people. And he says, you will receive forgiveness of your sins if you repent and are baptized in the name of Jesus. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So if you hear the voice of God calling you, and, and he calls everyone, come and put your faith in my son. Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And I've got this incredible gift for you. My own Holy Spirit, the same spirit that activated creation, hovering over the face of the deep, that brought and wrought the miracles that Jesus did, including raising him from the dead. He can raise you out of the death in your life, the things that you're going through that are so bad. He can raise you into an incredible new and wonderful life. It's the truth. You know, so you think about all the people that Jesus ministered to just in his earthly life who were a mess. They came to him full of all kinds of junk and garbage and terrible things that had happened to them. And they started to follow him. They put their faith in him. They became, they were baptized in his name. They received the Holy Spirit. They became totally new people. You know, I was just reflecting on how much God changed me from the time that I was in rebellion against him to after I put my faith in Jesus and started walking with him and received the Spirit. There are just so many changes that God wrought in me to lift me out of that despair and death and sin to make me a new person, a different person. And many people, maybe most of you in this congregation, can testify to the same thing. Because Jesus is in your life and he has given you his Holy Spirit. You are more than you could have been. You're a son or daughter of God. 
My goodness, if you're a child of God filled with God's spirit, how can anything be against you? How can your life be less than incredibly destined for wonderful things forever? I mean, isn't that worth embracing? Checking out to finding out if it's true and the Holy Spirit will help you see it's true. You know, even Peter's sermon, you think about it. Here they are, they're waiting in the upper room. Peter was probably not writing a sermon that night. No, honest, serious. So he was there with all the others and they were just praying. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes in fulfillment of Jesus' promise to them, wait, don't go out till you get it. When it comes, you're going to get power. And there he is. The Holy Spirit shows up, fills the room, and then fills them. Came upon them. They saw, maybe they saw a giant fire and then it separated and became tongues of fire in their heads. And then he came and from their heads filled their being inside. Remember, Jesus said, he's with you. He will be in you. Inside, now filled with the presence of God. Sin, that bar, the curtain of the temple torn in two, the bar of sin removed out of the way so God's Spirit can come and fill His people. And they go out like, woohoo, this is awesome. This is the biggest high we've ever had. And they go out, and it's from the fullness of the Spirit that Peter preaches an incredible message. Not because he made it up, but because the Spirit gave it to him right there. Remember what Jesus said, when you stand before kings and governors to witness on my behalf, don't worry about what you're going to say, because the Spirit will give you what you're to say at that very moment. The Spirit can help you say what you don't think you can say. Yeah, that's right. He can help you be what you don't think you can be. You know, so many people struggle with the problem of sin. Even Christians. You know, we we come to Christ and then there's something in our lives that we know is not really pleasing to God, but we kind of seem stuck on it. And what does God provide? The help he provides It says that the Spirit of the Lord, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now, the freedom he's talking about is freedom from sin. When the Holy Spirit comes within us, he begins to set us free from that stuff that we know about ourselves that we don't even like. We wish was different. We wish could change or we're ashamed of or we're guilty of. And he starts to wash us clean to activate within us the power of the cross which is the payment for sin, to activate washing us clean from sin. And so Jesus prays, Father, sanctify them with the truth. Your word is truth. Your spirit is the spirit of truth. The spirit comes to work in us to set us free and cleanse us and wash us so that we're not defined by those things anymore. We're defined by who we are as God's children. That gift of salvation. The Holy Spirit... When we have him, we have the same help given to Jesus, including to resist temptation, to see temptation for what it is. You know, when you read the temptations the devil gave Jesus as he was driven out into the wilderness, and you know who Jesus is, you think of those temptations. Wow, those are pretty silly. I mean, he's the son of God. How's he going to bow down and worship this fallen little angel who's little compared to him? I mean, like, really? He could see the truth of the banality and emptiness of evil for what it was. 
When we have the spirit of truth in us, he helps us to start to see the lies of the devil for what they are, the temptation to sin for what it is, to get sick of it, to be one out of it, because it's not God's love, and God wants us to live in his love. And he's got the power to give us in the spirit to help us do that very thing. And so believers find this at work in them, this sanctifying work. And sanctifying is that kind of religious word, but it's a good one. You should learn it if you don't know it. It means to be made holy, like God. Set aside for good and wonderful and loving purposes. To be sanctified. You know, the Holy Spirit comes. And Jesus promised that because of him, he said, whoever believes in me will do even greater things than I'm doing because I'm going to the Father. He knew he had done what he did in the power of the Spirit. He knew that he was sent, God was going to send, his Father was going to send the Spirit to earth because Jesus had opened the door for it. And then when that same Spirit came upon all of us, we as the church would be able to do the things that Jesus did. Now, in Western culture, we've sort of shrunk back from that in so many ways. We're sort of an anti-supernatural culture, and we have been for generations. But God hasn't changed that's just a narrowing of mind that's happened in the West because we were so proud of our intellect and knowledge that we thought we didn't need God. But God is leading many people, including in the West, to repent of that pride, to let go of their human arrogance and knowledge as if they knew everything, and to surrender to the God who does know everything, who made everything, and who's worth surrendering to, and saying, you know what, God, I'm not God, you are, I'm done with this. And so miracles are happening in the church of God, also in the West. But they're happening around the world. As people are finding out that Jesus is still the same Jesus who worked the miracles in the Bible and his followers are working them today. So listen, the Bible, one of the things the Bible promises is that when the Holy Spirit comes, he gives these gifts from the Father. And they include faith, supernatural faith and um, the, the ability to discern spirits, good and evil spirits, and the ability to work miracles. Now listen, Paul says somewhere where, listen, you could desire the lesser gifts, but eagerly desire the greater gifts. Ask the Father for those gifts. God wants to raise up right out of this body right here among you, miracle workers. Now I'm serious here. Not because it's your power, Right? When Peter's shadow just touched somebody, it healed him. He was so full of the Holy Spirit. But he was quick to say, don't think that I did this in my power. This is the Holy Spirit. This is in the name of Jesus. All right? Let's move on. <laughs> How are we doing? Yeah, this is the thing. There's just so much to say about the Holy Spirit. There's so much. He makes the work of God real in our lives. You know, we, we heard that last week, Jesus promised in John 14. When the counselor of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, comes, he will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. The Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he'll testify about me. It's for your good that I'm going away, he said. Unless I go away, the counselor won't come to you. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And when he comes, he'll convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. 
You know, that counselor is the one who's summoned to our side to help us, to plead our cause, to strengthen us, and help us do what we can't do in our own strength. And he doesn't speak on his own. He speaks on behalf of Jesus. He takes the things of Christ and reveals them to us so you can get them. The Holy Spirit will never curse Christ or say something that's contrary to the teaching of Jesus. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 3, Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit fulfills us. You know, actually, that's one of the temptations, right? That if you go to sin or the things of the world, it'll fulfill you, it'll make you happy. And that's one of the devil's lies to us. And so we check that out, we try it, we, we dabble in this or that, and, and, and we discover that those things are actually poisonous. But Jesus said about the Spirit, whoever drinks the water I will give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And then it says, and he was speaking of the Spirit who was to come. The Spirit is that one who brings the living water. He's the living water to fill us up and be the real answer to the, the cry of the human heart that we go to all those other things to try to fill and they don't work. He's the real answer. And here's this huge thing he does to be that answer. He pours God's love into our hearts. He pours God's love into our hearts. Not because we deserved it. God loves us even when we don't deserve it. We, always, we often say this in the middle of communion. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That proves God's love for us. He didn't wait for us to clean up our act, to come and say, okay, now you guys are finally good enough. I'll come down. <laughs> he knew that wasn't going to happen. He came down and took the initiative to give his love to us so out of his love we could do and want what is loving. Right? How can you do that if you're not filled with the original source of love yourself? And that is God. So Paul writes in Romans, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who he's given to us. You see what the Holy Spirit comes to give to you is God's love. And when you're filled with God's love, all that other dark stuff, it starts to, you, you see it for what it is, and you're like, oh, no thanks. I'm walking away from that. Now, I just want to draw this to a close. Remember, the Holy Spirit is a he, not an it. God's presence is personal. It means he's relational. If you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is your companion, your counselor, your advocate, your helper. He's there to help you and advise you. You can learn to talk to him and hear him and discern him talking to you, counseling you. Every believer has some measure of the Holy Spirit. Or they could not recognize who Jesus is as the Messiah and Son of God. They could not call him Lord 
if they did not have the Spirit. But God wants to give us more. Paul says in Ephesians 5.18, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. When you're filled with the Spirit, you don't need that wine. Well, you, know, you pour on to pain to try to sate, but that doesn't make the pain go away. The Holy Spirit comes in and he heals the pain. Amen. Right? So, wow, when you get the Holy Spirit. But what does Paul need to say, be filled with the Spirit? Because it's an ongoing need. You know, I think of us, we're more like a sieve than a jar sometimes. <laughs> and we need to be, you know, God pours his spirit in us and sometimes it runs out through those holes and cracks that he wants to heal and seal. But that takes time. We need to be filled afresh and new every day. You know, that he said, what did Jesus say? God's going to give you something that's pressed down, running over, overflowing. And he gives that to you, this Holy Spirit, so that you can share it with others. And so if you're pouring it out for others, like Jesus, when power went out from him and people were healed just because they touched him, when you're pouring out on behalf of others, they're going to be blessed. They're going to be healed. Your shadow could become like Peter's. He was just a person like us. He was not Superman. He was not an X-Man who had healing power, right? He was just a man with the Holy Spirit. Jesus in him. And so, through him, God did amazing things to love. And he wants to and can do them through you. And he wants to give you more of his spirit today. So I just want to ask you, have you put your faith in Jesus? Yes. Amen. And if you haven't, the invitation is open today. Maybe you've heard, I get, Jesus, that you are the Lamb of God. It takes away the sin of the world. I want you to take away my sin. And if that's you, ask him to come into your heart, surrender to him and say, I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. Save me from my sins. And then tell the Father, thank you for forgiving me. I believe the promise that everybody who believes and repents, trusts in Jesus, is forgiven. Thank you for forgiving me. Please give me the gift of the Holy Spirit. Fill me. Now, Jesus got the Holy Spirit on the moment of his baptism in a new powerful way to go out and do ministry. And many people get the, the Holy Spirit in a fresh way when they're baptized. But for many others, he comes at a different time, at a prayer meeting or a Sunday morning worship service or, or while you're studying the Bible, reading at home or, or maybe out in the wilderness somewhere, the Spirit comes in a new way. And so he's like the wind. We can't really, you know, force him to blow here and there where he will, but we can ask the Father. And Jesus promised the Father will give this good gift of the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. And if you're a believer who feels today, Lord, I need a refreshing, a refilling of the Holy Spirit. There's some work in my life I can see that I want you to do. Or I just want to be more like you. Or I just want to know more of your love. I want to get over the things of the past that aren't about love. I want to, I want to live in that love. Come and fill me. Heal me. Counsel me. Lead me. Use me for your glory. And he will answer that prayer. He is longing to share his love with you. Amen? Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this good gift of the Holy Spirit. You gave it to your son long before that. You and your son were making the world through the power of your spirit. 
And when he was incarnate and became human, it was in the power of your spirit that he went forward and did and, and fulfilled all that was promised about him. And Lord, we want to live into the fulfillment of Joel. She said, in these last days, you would pour out your spirit on all, all flesh and your, your young men would dream dreams and your old men would see visions and uh, men and women, all flesh, Lord. And we, we want that. As believers in Jesus, we want that. Please fill us up afresh with your Holy Spirit. Rebaptize us in that spirit if you need to. Or just renew us. Maybe we're drained and a little dry. And we don't want to be dry anymore, Lord. Fill us up. In the name of Jesus, we're asking that. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to Igniting Your Faith. Let God's Word empower your life with new growth that encourages everyone you meet. Igniting Your Faith is copyrighted and published by Dr. Chris Fisher and First Church, Schuylkill Haven, Pennsylvania. Special piano music played by Cindy McClelland. You can find more information about Dr. Chris Fisher, this podcast, and the church at our website, havenfirstumc.org. We hope you will join us again next week and let God ignite your faith.